Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. He spends all of his fall and winter at Arrowhead. In Arrowhead, Chiha, Kiha, wherever stays. <laughs> and is plugged into the Chiefs like no one else. I'm just letting everybody know, Vince thinks he's a star. It's 4 o'clock on Friday, and Nate Taylor from The Athletic joins CDOT on the drive. Welcome back into the show on 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com and the Odyssey app. I look to my right, and it is Nate Taylor of The Athletic who covers the Kansas City Chiefs. Nate Taylor, you basically at this point have a residency at the Super Bowl. I mean, just every year you should just plan to go. It was funny. So yesterday we had Peter King on the show, and Uh I asked him, you know, what does he have at a Super Bowl party? And he said, mm. I've never been to a Super Bowl party. Holy smokes. That's what, that's what Peter King said. Can you imagine wow. that? Peter King said, I've never been to one before. He said his first Super Bowl was Montana Marino. That was, and he's been to everyone 80, since That was then. what, 82? Oh, my God. At this point, you know what? Your son's going to ask you about a Super Bowl party. <laughs> You're like, man, it's been, it's been 20 years since I've been to one. I forgot what they were like. I don't know. Yeah, the, uh, the last Super Bowl party I had was just a little small gathering at my house for Bengals Rams. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so one of the funny things is uh, Holly, my wife, Around this time of year, you know, this is before the AFC Championship game, of course. And I was like, hey, you know the drill. If they're if they're winning, you better start looking at flights, you know, to to come with me. So, yeah, this is three of the last four years. Um, obviously, 2020 with the – or 2021, I should say, with the COVID. Um, but, yeah, she's going to be with me in Vegas. And, uh, yeah, this has gotten weirdly – comfortable the idea of like even though it's in vegas for the first time and that's going to bring its own uh hoopla i at least know what to expect um when you do cover the super bowl for a week in a in a very warm city even though it's not going to be warm in las vegas sadly can you believe that they made it to this point uh yes it's, because this is still odd, but I can believe it. I'm not like because you and I talked about it this whole time. Uh-huh. And it's not like you and I discredited them. No, but, but we talked about it like, well, hey, if everything falls right, 
I don't think everything fell right for the Kansas City Chiefs <laughs> in the postseason. Like, if you had to give them a grade for how they played in the AFC Championship game, their defense gets an A. Right. But their offense, it was inconsistent as it's been. Mm-hmm. They then had a, a touchdown get taken off the board by a pencil. Like, they made a lot of the same mistakes that they made over the course of the season. Like, we talk so much about margin of error and what this team Yes. This team's margin of error was much larger than any of us thought heading into the month of December. Especially when they're, you know, the best team in the league makes more mistakes than them, which was something that had not really occurred all year. Um, I I won't say I doubted them, but I would just say it's understandable. We have 19 years of sample of the champion not being able to repeat. The Chiefs are the last former champion to even get to the Super Bowl. So the fact that they've done that now, two out of the last four years is is wildly impressive. But, like, look, I mean, we saw them drop balls or drop passes. You know, we saw them have mistakes. Tur- turnovers have been such a key point of deciding their games all season. Like, the idea of them going right down the field and then a turnover would happen. You'd be like, oh, yep, could, could see that coming. Like, you know, because the defense on the opposing team wants to – forced them to do it over and over and over again. And this team lacked discipline, I felt, at time, or lacked concentration when you needed it. Um, But with these new challenges of going on the road, with being the, you know, the underdogs, uh, they have risen to the moment. And ultimately, it'll be, like, let's say they win next Sunday. And they are, you know, three championships in five years. I just wonder five years from now, are, is the defense the first thing that people are going to say? Because it's what they should say, but you still got Hall of Fame Travis Kelsey, Hall of Fame Patrick Mahomes, obviously Andy Reid, um, you know, still leading the offense for them to find answers, even if they don't have all the best pieces that they've usually had. Obviously, Pacheco deserves a ton of credit. But I just wonder if they win, like – Will the defense still get proper credit? Because the defense is what's been the most um, the most memorable part of this season, even with Mahomes elevating his performance uh, in January. I think a lot of it depends on kind of how the game is played out. It was funny. We talked about this earlier in the show. That Rob and I agree that the 2020 Chiefs is probably the best oh version that they've God. had during this run. People, like do, that team, people do not remember how good that team is. You want to know why, though? they lost in the Super Bowl. Yep. That if they had won and they had gone 14 and two, they ran through the postseason mm-hmm. and won the Super Bowl. People would talk about the 2020 Chiefs team as one of the 10 greatest teams that we had ever seen before. Yes. Like they would be in that conversation of great football teams. This defense is 60 minutes away. Now they're not going to be talked about like they're the Legion of Boom or right. one of those defenses. But I actually do think people are going to remember it. If you're telling me in three straight games, I am four. Right, considering you, next yeah, like, Sunday. Yeah. You, so you stop Miami's offense. Uh-huh. You then go on the road and beat Josh Allen in Buffalo. Right. You then hold Lamar Jackson to 10 points in his house. That's crazy. And let's say that on Sunday they hold Christian McCaffrey to 71 yards rushing. He doesn't score a touchdown, and San Francisco scores 13 points in the game. People are going to remember the defense, and Pat is going to so. get a lot of credit, and Pat right. should get a lot of credit. 
But I've thought this for a while. Their defense is the best unit in the National Football League. Like, if you take all 64 sides, offense, defense, Mm -hmm. Kansas City's defense has been the best and most consistent unit in the NFL. Your defense gets a lot of credit if you finish this thing off or if you lose and you don't. That's a great point. No one is ever going to talk about the defense that doesn't live in the 913 or 816. Yeah, that's that's a great point, especially when they've had memorable plays, right? Of course, the idea of, being able to just take the ball from Tyreek Hill in Germany and score on it. The idea that, you know, Mike Edwards, who was, you know, just a guy they picked up in free agency as a rotational piece, has scored two touchdowns this season. Um, Legereus Knee just smothering, you know, the best receivers in the league. Um, Chris Jones obviously still remaining dominant. George Karloftis having 10 and a half sacks. Uh, Drew Tranquil, you know, being just as complimentary uh, as, you know, Nick Bolton and, and obviously Willie Gay. So there really is a chance for them to be special. And I, I have to say this. I know we're going to talk about it even more next week. Man, they got the best collection of skilled players <laughs> in the league. It's not even close, guys. Brendan Ayuk is fourth on the list. That's that's like they have Christian McCaffrey, who uh, outside of Lamar Jackson was I would vote for him number two in the MVP standings because he just scores all the time and he's amazing. They have, of course, Debo Samuel. Uh, no one else like him in the league. They have George Kittle, maybe the third best tight end in the league, if you want to include Sam Laporta. Um, and, yeah, and just Brennan Ayuk, who's a deep threat, who's a great receiver, who gets wide open. So if they hold San Francisco, the Chiefs defense, if they hold the 49ers to 20 points and they win – it's a it's a it's a massive achievement for Steve Spagnolo um, and a collection of players who all sort of had their best seasons together. I still think Chris Jones had his best season last year, but everybody else has gotten better, and that's hard to do. Be and it sort of to your point um, confirms that they've been the most consistent because no one scored twenty eight points on them all year, which is. Crazy in a pass-happy league where most of the rules are designed for the offense to have an advantage. No one has scored 28 points. So good luck, Brock Purdy. But at least he has the skill position players to challenge the the Chiefs defense as sort of the last level of the video game. Right now we're talking to Nate Taylor of The Athletic. This was the point that I made about the game. I understand why the algorithm likes San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Like when they have had Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel healthy since the trade, they are 22 and two with both of them in the lineup. Wow. They have been really, really good when both of them play. Wow. They, this season, uh-huh. I think we're pretty consistently either the best team in the league or the second best team in the league from start to finish. Yep. That if you were just putting all the raw data, raw numbers into the computer and said, hey, who do you think wins this game? San Francisco probably wins this game more times than not if you were playing this game on paper. But I think what we learned last week is you can't play the on-paper game with this version of the Kansas City Chiefs because they just defy the on-paper <laughs> game. Like they, 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 they just do. And right. I also think that the same way that we were talking about with Dan Campbell, I don't know if you can take how successful you were on fourth down in October yeah. and now apply that same information to late January with the Super Bowl. I don't know if it's fair anymore to look at the Chiefs offense for how they played in week 11. I don't think that's their offense anymore. Right. Something has changed with Kansas City in the last six weeks. 
where I think they have figured out how this team needs to win. I think it took them 15 weeks to figure out how <laughs> this team needs to win. Yes. But this team wins by Patrick Mahomes playing smart and not taking negative plays. Yep. Being committed to running the football with Isaiah Pacheco, mm-hmm. getting the ball to Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, and not really throwing it to anybody, anybody else, else on your team. Unless you are wide open, Marquez. <laughs> and then going out there and playing really good defense. Like, yeah. for two months. I did it. You did it. We all were like, hey, maybe this offense should get Richie James involved. Hey, maybe they should get. No. The thing is, stop throwing it to all of them. Stop throwing it to Justin Ross. Stop throwing it to Richie James. Stop trying to figure out new ways to get Noah Gray involved or Justin Watson. Get the ball to your playmakers. Don't turn it over and play really good defense. If they do that on Sunday against San Francisco, I like their chances. The the stat that continues that I continue to just look at and stare at Um because, man, that, that Debo Senior, Christian McCaffrey, because they, they are so interchangeable and they can, they're positionless, basically, as skill position players. Yes, it's, it's a crazy stat. Um, they're going up against the offense in the Kansas City Chiefs that I would like to remind everyone had their receivers drop 25 passes this season. 25! 25, 25 times Patrick Mahomes put it in the appropriate spot. 25 times his receivers dropped it. That is the most since the 2012 Jacksonville Jaguars. That team's in the Super Bowl because that quarterback is that damn talented. And as to your point, Matt Nagy and Andy Reid have taken a little bit of an onus to understand that, like, hey, we don't need the razzle-dazzle as much. We just need to continue to move forward. And I think perhaps the biggest change um, that is not – uh, like it's not easy to see um their offensive line has finally clicked like whether Nick Bose is right I don't know you could call a holding penalty on every play so in Nick Bose's case he's kind of right but also ain't nobody got pressure on Pat I'm so tired of hearing the other team complain about how they would have beat Kansas City if, if the they, officials. Yeah, Bro, this happened. This this has happened for four straight postseason games. Uh-huh. It happened with Buffalo. It happened with Baltimore. It happened when not Miami did. They Miami were just like, look, we don't have lost. anybody. It was cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was cold. We was ready to go home. It happened in the Super Bowl. It happened in the AFC yeah. Championship game last year. For as good as this team is and how everybody acknowledges how good Pat is, nobody wants to admit, hey, man, they just got us this game. <laughs> right. They, 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 they just beat us this time. Hey, you know, uh, the Chiefs sacked Jalen Hurts twice on a slippery field. The Chiefs or the Eagles couldn't do it, even though they had the most sacks all season. So, yes, kind of to your point, a lot of the stats in the regular season, they could matter, but they might not just because you're playing on that specific day. And the trend that is probably more appropriate is, yeah, what did you do late in the season and obviously in the postseason. But, I mean, I don't know how many people watch all 22, but, like, Trey Smith was excellent, even despite having two holding penalties on back-to-back plays that sort of sort of pushed him out of field goal position, but Harrison Bucker still made the kick before halftime. Uh, obviously, everybody knows how good Joe Tooney is. I mean, Creed Humphrey's been awesome outside of the occasional low snap, but because he has... Have a, have a little more than occasional. It's occasional, but because he has the best quarterback on earth, it don't matter. Yeah, have a lot. But, but when he pass blocks, it looks great. I mean, Donovan Smith has held up, even though he had this whole neck stinger that kept him out of the last five weeks of the regular season. Uh, Jawan Taylor not having pre-snap penalties anymore. That's It's amazing what happens when you're not going backwards five yards at a time. Um, and even Nick Allegretti had really strong moments um, in, in, you know, relief of Joe Tooney. So 
their offensive line is playing really well. And then, yeah, Mahomes, uh, who's – I don't know if he's reached the apex yet. Carrington of supreme athletic ability and, like, all the intelligence, the experience, the I've-seen-every-defense mental standpoint, whether, like, it's matching up at the exact right time for this particular offense that is clearly flawed. Um, but because he's – because he has both of those components – Hey, I'm I'm the most athletically gifted person out here who can throw a football, and I'm just mentally I just have so many postseason reps that like very little, very few things surprise me, to where I kind of have an answer to whatever the defense provides. Like it's it's remarkable, um, and of course you know um, the 49ers don't really do a lot of things differently on defense. They play a lot of zone. Patrick Mahomes destroys zone. So does Travis Kelsey. So I don't know if the 49ers will change who they are. They probably should. Um, but it might not matter because, like, Patrick's, at least through these first three postseason games, has been the best he's ever been, even though uh, Travis Kelsey's 34, Tyreek Hill is no longer a part of the team, and, like, Marquez Valdez-Scantling is only needed for, like, one or two plays. Right now we're joined in studio by Nate Taylor of The Athletic. I do want to ask you one question about the AFC Championship game. You have seen so many of these at home. Mm-hmm. What was it like to go on the road for this game, knowing what's at stake for the other team? Their first AFC Championship home game since 1971, and they pulled out all the stops. It they had awesome. Michael Phelps. They had Ed Reed. Yes. They had Ray Lewis. They had everybody out there. What was it like to be at the game? It was it was really nice. It was fun, but you could feel the tension. Um, and so I'm gonna make a I'm gonna distinguish both cities a little bit different. In Buffalo, God bless them. Those people were liquored up. They were ready. We've been drinking since 6 a.m. We believe our team is going to end the Chiefs season. We finally got them in Buffalo. And the energy in that stadium was fantastic. And it never wavered until, unfortunately, Tyler Bass misses the potential game-tying field goal. In Baltimore, it was the sense of, like, Man, it'd be really nice if we went to the Super Bowl. <laughs> it'd be really nice. Man, it's so cool to see all the guys. It's so cool to see Ray Lewis and Ed Reed. Can they play today? It'd be really nice. Like, it was it was exciting. It was an energy. It was not as loud as it was in Buffalo to me. And also, it was a lot of, like, oh, it'd be really nice if we just somehow found a way to win. And then the Chiefs went right down the field and scored a touchdown on their opening drive, and people went, oh, no. Oh, we've – oh, no. Oh, oh, oh. And there was a lot of fans who were, you know, taking a lot of their frustration out on the uh, officials, even though the officials made some appropriate calls against the Ravens. And then it was the point of, like, all right, I mean, we should get loud, right? It's third and nine. We should get loud. Hey, you know, we can get the ball back. <sighs> <laughs> All right, let's get our stuff. It would have been nice. It would have been really nice if we had gone to the Super Bowl. I don't feel like people were, like, heartbroken and, like, cataclysmic. That was in Buffalo. People were like, I can't believe we lost to them again. Where in Baltimore, it was like, man, we had a hell of a season. That It would have been really nice. So the energy was – it was there – but it wasn't a confident crowd my, because of the way the game started. My frustration if I was a Ravens fan would have been this. I don't think the Ravens did any of the things that got them there. Right. 
that we had Peter King on the show, yes. and he said, hey, the thing I love most about Josh Allen is at some point, something in Josh Allen's mind turns on and says, <laughs> I, I'm just going to take over today. Right. I'm going to run. I'm going to run through you. I'm going to do either one of those things. You're not going to stop me in this game. Uh-huh. Just for the Ravens to call three design runs in the second half Oof. of the game, at times for Lamar to look very tentative and hesitant mm-hmm. in the pocket and unsure of himself, I felt like Baltimore got here by being themselves. Yes. And that, and then in the AFC Championship game, it, it seemed up. like they tried to be a completely different team, which I thought Kansas City has really leaned into what they are mm-hmm. over the last three weeks. And this yes. is what we need to do to win games at a high level. I just don't feel like Baltimore did that in the AFC Championship game. Maybe Baltimore believed, um, maybe incorrectly, but maybe Baltimore believed that they had more uh, possible avenues towards winning, more possible paths. Like, we can win with Lamar passing, and we can win with Lamar running, or we can win with us just bludgeoning them with the running game, or we can win, you know, with our really nice defense and Kyle Hamilton, you know, smothering Travis Kelsey. The Chiefs went into that game saying, we got to get a lead, and we got we to gotta lean on them, and we got to put the pressure on them, and we got to find a way to get a double-digit lead, and like I'm no happy turnovers. They, I'm happy no they turnovers. Didn't, I'm, I'm happy they didn't give up running the ball. Because Correct. They were not overly successful running the ball. But they but they were like, we got to squeeze the game. But we have seen too many times where in the first half the run game isn't working, and then they call they five just, runs yes, in the second half, right. and it's Pat. Just go be special. For them to run the ball 24 times, and it's not like Pacheco had 24 carries for 109 yards rushing. Right. He had a bad game by yards per carry standard. Even when but, even when Baltimore was loading the box knowing you were going to run the ball, yes. But just in terms of game flow, in terms of this team staying balanced, in terms of this team chewing up the time of possession, I thought it was critical how they handled Isaiah Pacheco yeah. in this game. Yeah, and so for Baltimore to say, okay, well, all right, we can go shot for shot with him. And for one series, they could because Lamar Jackson made one of the most spectacular plays I've seen ever, which is just Leo Chanel in a one-on-one opportunity going, no, I'm going to duck under you, then I'm going to get away from you, and then I'm going to find Zay Flowers. I'm going to throw an absolute dime into his hands. Um, And then they asked him to catch his own pass, (laughs) which he did. But, like, it's hard to go shot for shot when when you have to be Superman. And so I just thought maybe Baltimore got into a – into a thought where they just said, man, our offense, we can go shot for shot with Kansas City. We don't have to be the the bread and butter of who we are. We could do a whole bunch of things. And no, 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 Lamar's the MVP, and Lamar's shown all year that he could pass the football. But the problem is, like I told you the week before, Carrington, the Chiefs have the best secondary in the league. So you're playing right into their hands versus asking them to, to make the open field tackle over and over and over again. And I would say – that should be the clear de- delineation, the clear difference for Kyle Shanahan. Hey, Brock Purdy, you're not throwing a ball 10 yards downfield on, on Super Bowl Sunday. Hell no, unless somebody's wide open. I'm going to check it down to Christian McCaffrey. I'm going to throw a nice little swing pass to, to, to uh, Debo Samuel. Hey, there's a nice little hitch route for George Kittle. We're going to ask them to tackle over and over and over again. And the Baltimore Ravens didn't do that because they just said, all right, Lamar, we're down 10. Go throw it deep. Very few teams have been able to complete deep passes against Trent McDuffie and Legereus Knee. So you're, you're just playing into their hands. And for the Chiefs to understand, all we have to do is stay up. All we have to do is just squeeze time. And the more that there's less time on the clock, the more pressure they'll feel and the less they'll feel like themselves, 
is to our benefit because we've been here before and they haven't. So I don't know what the matchup will be next year, say if these two teams match up again. Maybe Baltimore will learn from that experience. But at least for last week's game, the Chiefs said, what if we turn the tables on them? What if we got up early and forced them to play one-dimensional? And it's brilliant coaching because that fourth and two play call from Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Matt Nagy, whoever you want to give credit to, that is a clear telling to me and I think to Baltimore that like, no, we're not, we just don't, we don't want to get a three-point lead. We want to get a seven-point lead. We want you to feel us from the moment the game starts and how much they can replicate that against the 49ers, we'll see. Um, but it was really telling that the first time the game didn't go a particular way from Baltimore, they 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 faltered and they tried to do more things instead of doing less of what they know is successful for them. Nate Taylor, this is actually going to be the last time that we do this. We, ha- we have we to have play to. Nate Taylor prices right here. For our last piece of the week, we have to play. We need four callers, 913-586-7610. It is time for our final Nate Taylor Price is Right Super Bowl edition. That's coming up. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This is our final Nate Taylor Price is Right of the season. I just went on StubHub and I randomly clicked on a section. I'm going to give you the exact location of the tickets and I need you to tell me how much you think these tickets cost on StubHub for Super Bowl 58 next Sunday between the Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. The area of the tickets is section 104, row 26, seats 13 and 14. You got some good lower levels here. 104, row 26, seats 13 and 14. Row 26. How much do you think the pair of tickets cost to go watch the Chiefs and the Niners? Marshall, you were first up here playing Nate Taylor Price is Right. How much do you think these tickets cost? $24,000. $24,000. All right. Let me put you on hold here. All right, Jeff. How much do you think these tickets cost? Um, $54,000. All right. Put you on hold here. All right, Jack. These are Section 104, Row 29, seats 13 and 14. How much do you think a pair of these tickets cost? All right. Put you on hold here. J-Rock, you were last up here. How much do you think these tickets cost? I'm going to say they cost about 10 apiece, so I'm going to go with 22-1. All right, 22-1. 
All right. This is the first time that we have to do this. Everybody is over on the tickets. Everybody oh. is over. So we have to start over now. We have to go back down the line. That's too much. All right. Marshall. Let's go 15. 15. Okay. All right. 15. All right. Everybody was over. All right. I'm going to still give you a chance. That doesn't surprise me. Some guy had 54. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for that, you, you, you could be in a suite for 50,000. All right, Jeff. How much do you think these tickets cost? 157. 15.7. All right. 15.7. All right. Jack. All right. How much do you think these tickets cost? Is this for both seats? Yes. Yes. The pair. The pair. All right. I'm going to go 16.4. 16.4. All right. Put you on hold here. All right. J Rock, how much do you think these tickets cost? Bro, I know Fesco said the other day that row 324 was like eight racks. So you saying one section 101, it got to be like a couple thousand more, I would think. So I'm going to say, I don't know. I'm going 14. 14? Okay. 14 what? 14,000. 14,000? 14 even. Okay. All right. 14,000. All right. Rob Brenton, how much do you think these tickets cost? I'm on StubHub right now. Section 104, row 26, seats 13 and 14. How much do you think they cost? 14 five. 14 five. Everybody's in 14s. Okay. I think like six, seven in each one. How much do you pay for the press box, Nate? That's the real <laughs> <laughs> It's called a college college. Uh, so over college 14. Debt. Yeah. Uh, I would say uh I would I'll do 13 5. 13.5. Just just to be the low man. All right. Well, one of these tickets costs $7,142. If you add that up, $14,284 is the price of the pair. That means J-Rock is the winner of our final edition of Mm. Nate Taylor Price is Right. How much would it cost you to go to Super Bowl 58? What's the most you ever spent on a ticket? On a single ticket? Just uh, just, uh, a single ticket for an event. (sighs) Ooh, um... Hollywood know this more than I would um because we went to see Hamilton back in the day and that was not cheap kids um I would say like maybe somewhere in the threes would be my guess uh so like a pair would be like around 650 700 something like that um concerts are not usually that high like a Broadway show um but yeah I would say it's got to be less than like 750 for two for two tickets what's it like to go to the Super Bowl like you've seen, yeah, you've seen various degrees. You were you uh-huh. at the one in Miami. You were yep. at the COVID one. That is a very unique experience. <laughs> Just you're at the Super Bowl, but it doesn't have any of the pageantry, right. none of the energy of the Super Bowl. At all. Right. And you also were at the Super Bowl last year in mm-hmm. Phoenix. That is really an all time great game. Thirty eight, yes. thirty five, great comeback, controversial ending with the James <laughs> Bay. Like that is a great Super Bowl. Yeah. What's it like to go to the Super Bowl? Um. So bear with me. It like. I think I'll always remember the one in Miami because that was my first and the weather couldn't have been more gorgeous. It's like everything you dream and anticipate when you go to the Super Bowl. Uh, Miami Stadium is smaller. So it was like a very cool, intimate setting um, where obviously both teams, you know, have I, I think the fans were pretty close to being split. So it was a really nice environment. The weather was great. 
Um, uniform matchup, similar to what we're going to see next Sunday. Excellent. Um, and, of course, one of the cool things that day was it was the 100th NFL season. So, for me, I got to see almost every legend I had ever grew up looking at. I mean, Dan Marino's right over there. And all, my, all of a sudden, there's Joe Montana. And, you know, uh, like, you know, Tony Gonzalez is like the umpteenth person to be here. Uh, getting in is a little bit more difficult than the normal game because of the security requirements. They double-check everything about you. Um, but it's a fun atmosphere, and when you get in there, it's it's. Um, I would encourage people, if they have the financial means to do it, to do it. I've interviewed people who have, you know, taken basically a $10,000 loan or used multiple credit cards to get there. And, I mean, hopefully your team wins, but it's – um. It's a great experience. And, of course, I've been on the field after the game, talking to guys, seeing the, the celebration. Um, it's, a, it's a wonderful experience every year, or at least the last two times that they've won the Super Bowl and I've been there. I've obviously collected a lot of confetti and donated it to, to fans. Um, much of those proceeds go to Ronald McDonald House here in Kansas City. Um, so that's, that's been a fun part of it too. But, man, when it's – when it's kickoff, last year they did the whole <laughs> Mama Donna Kelsey, you know, coin toss and the whole thing and, like, just the energy and the anticipation of after two weeks of talking the talk, you f- we finally get to watch the highest level of football. Um, those kickoffs are pretty memorable, even within how the games, you know, sort of develop and how they end. But it's – um. It's a dream to go. It's a. I mean, I never, you know, when I took on this job six years ago, I wasn't sure how any of this was going to go. Um, so obviously, I've been blessed to 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 cover quite a bit of history, and at the same time, um, the Super Bowl is is probably an event that you want to go to um, because every year it gets bigger and bigger, and you could argue to some ways it gets better. Like I watched, I, I've I've tried to remind myself, yes, it is work, and yes, there's a lot to do. But I basically got a pretty close viewing of J-Lo and Shakira. I got to see The weekend perform, even though it was a bit odd. Um, a bit. Uh, a you, bit. You didn't put enough seasoning on a bit there. Uh, it was very it, odd. It was really odd. The, <laughs> audio, the audio was like all over the place. It was strange. Um, Rihanna last year, you know, pregnant Rihanna. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like, I, you know, I think Demi Lovato did the first national anthem in Miami, and I was just like, it's Demi Lovato. Like, and then she comes off the field and you're like, it's Demi Lovato. So like, you know, you get to see all the stars. It's, it's a great, um, it's a great environment for people watching too. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, you know, now we're going to get Usher. I mean, this is going to be great. So um, to see those people perform and then them to see, to see them break down the stage on the field, how quickly they do it. And then all of a sudden, Everybody in the building knows there's only 30 minutes left in the NFL season. So every play truly does feel, like, massive. And there's very few sporting events where it kind of feels like that, where you know maybe it's a Game 7 in baseball, you know, maybe it's an Olympic event if you can go to, a, to an Olympic race, like, you know, the 100-meter dash or something. But, like, those last 30 minutes in the Chiefs of most of these games have all been close, you just understand that, like, man, the like this play, this very next play could be – the game. This next play could be somebody's legacy. This next play could be somebody's career, like in a nutshell. So when you see the buzz and them going back and forth, and I mean, I still think the 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 two most special plays that come to mind is 
I'm sorry, he did what? His body was parallel to the to the turf, and he still threw an accurate ball, and he dropped it? It went right off his face mask? And then last year, and I've told you this before, we had the in the press box, we had the perfect view of the Kadarius Tony punt return. And to this day, I thought he got tackled twice. And then he just he just kind of comes out of this big pile of people, and you're like, oh, oh. And in my mind, I was like, they're winning. Like that, that punt return flipped everything in their advantage. Of course, they obviously converted on it with the touchdown. Um, but yeah, those are those are things I'll never forget in my life. It was just how in the world did he get yards? Like there was like, and you I paused it. There's like four eagles surrounding Kadarius Tony. None of them tackle him. And you're just like, how did that happen? So um, yes, I'm encouraging people to go. And if you do go, you, you're usually going to get something that you'll remember for the rest of your life. Right now, we're joined in studio by Nate Taylor of The Athletic. Coming up on the other side, I've asked people these two questions this week. When did you know with Patrick Mahomes? Like, mm. when did you have a feeling that he is really special? And I've also been asking people to give us their top five foods in a bowl. I'm going to ask you the same thing <laughs> coming up on the other side. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Kansas City, it's George Carlottis, and you're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We got a lot of time to really dive into this game. You're going to join me live for Radio Row next week, and we'll really talk very specific game points heading into this matchup. I have... Three questions to ask you before we get you out of here. Number one, you follow this team as closely as anybody. Mm -hmm. Every media availability. You were there every single day. When did you know with Patrick Mahomes? Like, when was the moment where you realized that the Chiefs just didn't have a a good quarterback, that they potentially had something really, really special at quarterback? When was that moment for you? Uh, It's week two, 2018. Because uh, I kind of knew by training camp, oh, they're smoking the, the, the Los Angeles Chargers. They're, they're smoking them. The real test, I thought, was, okay, that's his first game truly on film. Mike Tomlin's a great coach. They got to go up to Pittsburgh. It's week two. Uh, the Chiefs got out to a 21 nothing lead. Pittsburgh comes all the way back, scores 21 points in the second quarter, I believe. It's halftime. And I go, okay. Like, eh, well, this, this is fun. And then the Chiefs did something that, to this day, I will never forget. They said, okay, spread them out. They went in shotgun, five wide, four four wide, and just let this man throw over and over again. And you know what, Carrington? He had more touchdowns than incompletions. I had never seen that in a box score <laughs> before. I was like, it's only his second game, and he threw six touchdown passes and only had five incompletions? Yeah, that was the moment to, for me that I was like, oh, this is this is something. Uh, and then, of course, the next week he has the scramble drill touchdown to to Chris Connolly. And then two weeks later, or, or maybe three weeks later, they go and they play the, the Patriots for the first time. And I will never forget Tom Brady after the game, even though the Patriots won, sprinting to Patrick Mahomes to shake his hand and be like, you, you, you the next one. Um, so week two against Pittsburgh – I mean, that's that was a remarkable performance because it was on the road and yeah, six touchdowns, five interceptions. I just said, Oh, okay, he's 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 really good. Like all that. Remember we talked in training camp 
in 2018 were like, he's throwing a lot of interceptions in practice. I remember. And then he threw six touchdowns in week two. I remember saying, <laughs> I remember saying when that was happening, I thought yes. he was going to be a better version of Matthew Stafford. Oh. <laughs> Which like is actually a really good quarterback. Yes, yeah, <laughs> right. really I mean, that's still like a Pro Bowl quarterback. Uh, yeah. But and like, I, and I was getting killed for that. Like, wait, hold on, <laughs> like, like, I think that's actually really good. Uh, all right, really quick. My second question uh, now is: Yesterday, Rob and I went through and said what our favorite Super Bowl is. Mine is the first Patriots Super Bowl, the Patriots Rams one. Uh-huh. The Rams came in overwhelming favorite. Patriots yes. not supposed to be here. Uh. Remember, the Patriots came out locked arms. Yep, it was like right after nine eleven. Yep. That I think that was like toward the end of John Madden. Madden is telling oh, the Patriots yeah. to go to overtime. Yes. That, hey, what are you doing? Oh. Brady takes them down the field. They kick the field goal. I mean, we didn't know what we were in about to embark on for the next 20 years, but that was just a really cool. I can't believe the Patriots won this game. What's your favorite Super Bowl? As a kid, it's probably. Yeah, that's a great question. It's probably the one that jumps out to me is usually the 99 Super Bowl um, where the tackle at the one yard line. Like I just the emotions of that game where it's like, okay. Kurt Warner's this like, all right, this guy, but he's got Marshall Falk and Torrey Holt, and oh my goodness, like they're going all over the field, and it was kind of a slog fest of a game, but the ending is incredible. The fourth quarter is just awesome, and then Steve McNair kind of, I didn't know this at the time either, but Steve McNair kind of showed you what quarterbacking was going to be, moving in the pocket, getting a few yards here, checking it down there, making it, making a nice throw here. And he gets them all the way down inside the red zone. And I think, because I, I I could check this, but I but I think if Tennessee scores that touchdown, they go to overtime. Is that right? And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, we're going to get the first overtime game in Super Bowl history. And, of course, it was Brady. <laughs> well, yeah, that was, that, was, that was something. But, yeah, the tackle at the one-yard line, the stretching of the ball out, you couldn't be closer to victory or at least closer to, I guess, extending the game. To have a chance to win, who knows? Maybe I guess maybe Tennessee could have gone for two, um, but that was that was an amazing game because it was just like, wait, what? He he threw the ball before it was in the end zone, and the guy's open, and it's a it's it's Dyson, and Dyson gets tackled by a linebacker, even though he's a fast receiver. It's just yeah, it was just you you almost didn't realize what was happening. And of course, my second favorite Super Bowl as a as a as a fan was being over at my buddy. Uh, Ryan Clark's house. He's a reporter for ESPN. Uh, this is back when we were living in in Florida. Uh, it's the it's the they, they're definitely giving the ball to 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 Marshawn Lynch, right? Wait, what? What? <laughs> like who? And I just want to remind people that is the closest a team has gotten to being back to back champs since the Patriots is the Seahawks were literally on the one yard line and didn't give it to Marshawn Lynch. So if the Chiefs are in a similar situation, I would advise them to give the ball to Isaiah Pacheco. All right, now I'm at the third thing. We have asked people yeah. this over the course of the week. We need your here we in celebration go. of the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. Yep. We need Nate Taylor's five favorite foods that come in a bowl. Rob, hit the music. Obviously, number five has to be cereal. The original as a kid. Love cereal, a little bit of milk, some Captain Crunch. Oh, my goodness. So, you just eat regular Captain Crunch? You're not, you're oh, not getting the Crunch Berries? Yeah, crunch Berries? Okay, yeah, sure. it doesn't I'm matter. Just, I, I mean, Reese's, Reese's Puffs? I mean, goodness. Uh, 
Cinnamon, I mean, we could go down the list. Uh, but yeah, cereal. Number four. Now, I wonder if people have said this. Has anybody said applesauce? No one has said applesauce yet. Here's the thing. I have a son. He's eight. Uh, when he was younger, he ate applesauce like crazy. And so did I. Uh, having a child brings you back to some foods that you have put away. Applesauce is incredible. Applesauce, number four on the list. No, no one has said applesauce hey, yet. You are alone. There we go. We did get a corn pudding yesterday. Oh, from, God, no. What? <laughs> that's what we got corn from a pudding? That's what this? barbershop. That's what he said. I'm Man, just telling is, you what that he is, said. I don't want to be ageism, but that is definitely generational. That's a generational divide between me he and had it. He had it number three on his list. Whoa. Uh, number three is chili uh, because obviously it's, it's incredible. Uh, more crackers, more cheese, please. More onions, more cilantro. Uh, chili's amazing. Now, I wonder if anybody said this. This is also maybe culturally a little bit different. Has anybody said Rotel? No, no one has said I that yet. I love Rotel. The fact I wrote it down, I now want it for dinner. Um, when we have had Super Bowl parties in the past, I have requested Holly make, um, you know, spicy buffalo chicken dip and Rotel. Rotel is incredible. Get some Tostitos in that thing, maybe with some of the, the hint of lime. Oh, incredible. Thank you to our Hispanic brothers and sisters. Rotel dip is incredible. <laughs> <laughs> do you put meat in your Rotel dip? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, the only way to do it. Yeah, I don't, yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm just I mean, you could, do, you could do ground beef, of course, if you want to do turkey, get a little leaner in you. That's fine. Um, ground turkey. And, of course, uh, chorizo. Chorizo is incredible. I'm very curious what number one is going to be. Oh, it's the treat that everyone loves from the moment you're alive to the moment you die. Ice cream, kids. It's got to be ice cream. What a list from Nate Taylor. His five favorite foods that come in a bowl. Number five, cereal. Number yep. four, applesauce. Mm. Number three, chili. Two, Rotel. And number one, ice cream. I love ice cream. What a I can eat ice cream every single day. What's your favorite ice cream? <sighs> it depends, man. I love um, cookies and cream. I, oh, I love that, too. I love, oh, man, I love, you know, um, pecans. Like, I love butter pecan. Um, Andy's got me, man. Andy's got this uh, cookie uh, crumble crunch cookie thing. I don't know. It's it's an amazing concrete. Uh, I love chocolate ice cream vanilla cake. Perfect. Incredible. Uh, but, yeah, you give me, you give me, like, some people like pistachios. I'm okay. Holly and Hayden love mint chip. It's fine. I'll eat it. Uh, but yeah, butter pecans right up there. Cookies and cream. What's one more I could give you? Black walnut. Yeah, that, that's those. Those are those are the ones for me. That is Nate Taylor of the Athletic answering our Chiefs questions and also giving us his five favorite foods that come in a bowl. <laughs> Coming up on the other side, we got Jay Binkley in studio. He is the perfect person to end this week with. Keep it right here. It's the drive. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 